0: How about that cigar? How
1: about that cigar?
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Corona Cigar Studios for episode 193 of How About That Cigar Live. Guys, thank you so much for joining us live on Facebook, live on YouTube, and if you're listening after the fact on the audio podcast, thank you so much for making How About That Cigar a part of your regular podcast rotation. Again, here in the beautiful Corona Cigar Studios, episode 193. Uh, So, Garrett... The Minnesota Wild moved up to number 2 in, I know. The, in the in the division. I
1: don't get it.
0: I mean, so we're right behind uh Dallas, yep, and ahead of Avalanche. Yeah. Uh basically uh, we have, you know, we've done a a little better work in the last few weeks. Old well, people. last week I'll say. Uh and and uh Colorado's kind of fallen a little bit, but uh you know, I'm I'm trying to be <laughs> optimistic, but uh you know what are you gonna do? They, they've they've done really well, um, and I think uh, goaltending is improving. What are we seeing here? Justin's beard doesn't look as good. To, I think you such a Justin.
1: Turn your camera on.
0: I think Justin's oh. beard looks fantastic. Oh.
1: No, he's talking. He's. Putting a dig on me. Dig oh, on <laughs> he,
0: yeah, Justin doesn't have the gray. A, he's putting a dig on him. So he, <laughs> look <laughs> at his sexiness. Because Justin I I know, right? just like, I think I'll do a beard. <laughs> I'm getting there. Yeah.
2: And it pissed yeah, me off.
0: Justin was just like, I want to grow a beard, and he went. <laughs> and poof! We're it out. just. We're getting there. Yeah. Yeah. It unbelievable. I'm very jealous of that kind of skill. If just like, you know, wish a beard and it just appears. Mine takes. When I, when I shave this all the way down, I mean, you guys have seen it. When I shave it all the way down to the skin, it's it's a good six weeks. Yeah. At, at, you know, to get anything approaching this again. And I can't grow the length because it's just wiry and it just puffs out like a big afro. And it's you like, gotta you, know, get, you gotta get some, uh, some, some. Products, you know, I've tried the products. Yeah. I just can't yeah. because uh, they get, it's like greasy in yeah. my beard. And I know, then I it gets on my collars and stuff. My collars get greasy from the beard oil. I yeah. just can't. I um, haven't got
1: that far yet. It's all natural I so can't far, take it. So, so much. Yeah. Um, our good friends over at Boveda, how about yeah. that beard. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Niagara Falls boy. Oh, Rob Gagné. Yeah,
2: so, Niagara
1: Falls. Rob, you know, I was at the Boveda office. When I was like, Man, you have such a great beard. And I was You're like, dead. I wish I could do that. And he's like, You can. And I was like, like with just such confidence. I was like, what are you talking about? I can't. no. He's like, you totally can. Like just 100 percent certainty. And I was like, bro, he's like, trust me, you can. I was like, I, I get to the ugly stage, and he's like, you gotta get through the ugly stage. I'm like, yeah, I know. Like, you know, but I I don't have the patience for it. He's like, you can do it. And that yeah. was it. That was the deciding factor. So Matt, well, the thing I'm that she- <laughs> challenging you to get through the ugly stage.
0: But every time I go in, so my barber is is he's fantastic, and I go in there and I'm and I say, hey Al, could you leave a little more of this, <laughs> this time? And he's like, yeah, sure. But then when it's time where the clippers act where the rubber meets the road, he's like, oh man, sorry about that. So he knows the way. Al is great because even if I ask for something that I that he knows isn't going to necessarily look good, he gives me what he knows will look good. That's why he's a good barber because he, he trusts himself more than he trusts me. Um, oh, spring training's underway. Yeah, Very excited about that. The twins. There, I've seen a few highlights from some spring training stuff. They look okay. Yeah, uh, some good young guys that maybe will be brought into the fold soon.
1: Yeah, I talked to Lavelle on uh, a oh, yeah. perfect dash the other day, and he was like. I'm actually really excited for our pitching rotation. It's yes. The first time in a long time. Yes. So it's all about staying healthy.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's all about staying healthy and actually being able to, to play. Yeah. Uh, with which Buxton, I, I'm pretty sure Buxton's already injured. I'm joking. But no, yeah. He I, gets injured 100%. Really often. Uh, but he's a great performer when he's not injured um, and a great, great mentor. Um, and by the way, everybody who's watching, yes, happy National Cigar Day, ladies and gentlemen. February 27th, 2023, National Cigar Day, and we're definitely going to talk to our guests about that as well. Um, so I think it is time for us to jump into our special guest segment of the evening, and that's, <laughs> what is this? The twins aren't mathematically eliminated yet. That's true. There, there, there is hope. There is hope on February 27th, that the twins are not yet. <laughs> Quite, they're not quite yet mathematically limited. Thank you. Thank you, Tony, for the positivity. Yeah. All right, let's jump into our special guest segment of the evening. Brought to us by our friends at Drew Estate, proud to announce the all-new Acid Cigars Ku Variety 3-Packs, specially designed to both broaden the palate of acid cigar enthusiasts and expand awareness of the full Drew Estate product portfolio. The Ku Variety 3-Packs pres- also present on-the-go consumers with tremendous value. For the price of two Acid Cuba Cubas, purchasers receive three cigars with a free Undercrown Shade cigar included in the pack. The specially selected cigars inside are uh, all Robustos 5x54 and are packaged inside resealable fresh packs with Voboda humidification pouches to ensure they remain fresh until they are enjoyed. With an MSRP of $21.90 per pack, the Acid Coo Variety 3-Packs from Drew Estate will be available nationally beginning late this month. Ladies and gentlemen, if you would please put your hands together. Welcome to episode 193 of How About That Cigar Live from Florida Sun Grown Tobacco and Corona Cigar Company. Mr. Jeff Borsiewicz, welcome back to How About That Cigar Live.
2: How are you guys? Thanks for having me on the show and congratulations on the number of episodes you've done. You guys have really put a lot of effort into the show and so... Uh... I'm impressed. It's it's that's a marathon so far. Oh man! Geez, sir. Thank you. Thank we you appreciate much. that. And it's been uh, it's it's been a
0: grind, but it's also been a joy, and a, a fantastic thing to have this guy over here who's not on camera. Yeah, our producer Justin's part of the team. He's uh, he's he's made a big difference for us over the last year and a half. So, game cheers to Justin. Absolutely. Uh, cheers Jeff, to if you Justin. Please start yes. us out. Uh, let us know what you're smoking and drinking along with us this evening.
2: So I'm smoking an FSG. My uh, old standby. That that's what I'm got going now. And then when I'm done with that, I'm gonna back it up with a uh, twenty-acre farm. So I've got that cut, oh, let it ready go. to go. So those are my two cigars for tonight. Very nice, fantastic. As far as a beverage goes, I, I I was running late, man. I was really stressing to get on this show on time. So I'm uh, I'm hitting the diet Pepsi hard. <laughs> hey, there you. So uh, no no libation tonight.
0: There's nothing wrong with that.
2: I'll make up for it on my. I've got some four
0: roses single barrels. So
2: I'll make nice. You know what? We just picked the, another four roses. Uh, I think it was Monday. I was in Tampa, in last Monday with uh, Tommy. We picked uh, another four roses barrel. And I bring that up. You you know comment about this because we've been doing single barrel bourbons um, since two thousand and eight, and four roses was our first single barrel bourbon that we did. wasn't our first single barrel whiskey our first single barrel whiskey actually the pioneers of that program believe it or not was jack daniels and then uh four roses came in right after them and they they they've got a cool program because you they have two different mash bills and four different yeasts so you can there's a lot of different varieties of their of their individual barrels of bourbon that you you can work through so uh, they probably have the most diverse uh, single barrel bourbons period in the industry. Yeah,
0: I would say that's that's right on point. And they, the the the, the place where it kind of veers for me, uh, not to get on a bourbon tangent, but the place where it kind of veers for me when they get into the small batch select from Four Roses, yeah. which I still enjoy greatly. I think it's a great bottle. Um, but you know, it's more of a blend, you know, they pick the best of some, you know, maybe a half dozen different barrels and, you know, put it together, uh, but it's still, um, it still typically has that kind of—I um, don't know—I tend to, sweetness tends to be a, a good characteristic that that I can rely on from Four roses. You know, they, they tend to have sweeter, uh, natural, uh, obviously naturally sweet kind of uh, back ends to them.
2: Yeah, it depends on the yeast and the mash bill, though. They've got a high rye and then a lower rye, so it depends on which one. But there's all different. Like I said, there's so many different combinations. Great, great distillery.
0: Absolutely. Um, Well, let me, I I was uh, just finishing up my pregame cigar, but I think it is time for me to uh, get to my starring cigar of the evening, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to fire that up right now on the Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust Toast Camel. I have the El Baton from my friends at JC Newman Cigar Company. I'm going to fire that up right now.
1: When lighting your cigar, it is important to be patient, pay close attention to detail, and focus on the tobacco. In the same way, Steve Saka brings those same qualities to ultra-premium cigars of Dunbarton Tobacco & Trust. Patience, close attention, and focus on the tobacco and the qualities that Saka and Dunbarton Tobacco & Trust have become known for. From Silver Mesa to Umbaga, Dunbarton is a blend that will fit your palate, your mood, and any occasion. Visit DunbartonCigars.com to learn more. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we are all... Uh, the crew is smoking the J.C. Newman baton, and this is my first run with this cigar. Oh, is it really? It is. Oh yeah, it's a nice cigar, good price point. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm pairing mine with a <laughs> 2023 vitamin water.
2: How hey, that's good for you. <laughs> yeah. So that El Baton's a pretty strong cigar for me. It's a, it's it it definitely sneaks up on you. At least it sneaks up on me. Does it? uh
1: Oh, no. it's
2: not over the top. I just listen. I'm a lightweight yeah. when it comes to full body. I am cigars, too. But it, I like uh, to think
1: that I can, you know, smoke five diggers in a row. And okay. but I'm not that guy. Matt cool. I, I have a weird, but don't, but don't go by me. I'm
0: weird. I could, I could smoke, I could smoke a, a double hero chisel with coffee in the morning, and uh, it's like no big deal. I'm just, I'm weird. Don't go off of my palate. It's like me with spice. Yeah, you're allergic to spice. Well, no, I'm.
1: Yeah,
0: on the, yeah spice levels like I can triple go. habanero
2: scorpion.
0: Yeah, yeah, you love this. Um, so Jeff, welcome back to the show. Happy National Cigar Day!
2: I'm glad there is a National Cigar Day. I'm sure I, I'm—I don't know. Ten years ago, we probably wouldn't get away with that. They'd have somebody boycotting <laughs> us. For it. At least now we have—at least we have one.
0: Yeah. Well, and I also like to think of—they—they they have the—I the, think it's the American Lung Association that still does the National Smokeout. They yeah. were like smokers are supposed to not smoke that day. I, I remember it going back to when I was a kid in the seventies and my mom was a cigarette smoker. And there was that one day a year where it's, it's like, I don't smoke today. It's the national smoke out. And I actually, just to be a jerk, I smoked more cigars that day. Absolutely. And, like, That's I, why
2: we should put it on the same day.
0: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we should. Just to, you know, just, just to. You know, oh yeah. Just to, to get the, a dig to to in the the there. FDA, you know. I love it. February 30th, I'm there. <laughs> uh, so, Jeff, one of the things I want to start with is um, I'm not sure because we're not down in that area, but I know that there's, uh, at least in the works, maybe it's already ready to go, new new location for Corona Cigar in Sarasota.
2: Yeah, that's been going on forever, it feels like to me. It's been about two years in the works, and we are slowly approaching uh, a completion of the construction. It's been, um, this is the... The, the, fifth, fifth store, six, you know, we, we opened a, uh, warehouse too, but out of all the stores and everything, this one's taken the longest, been the most frustrating. Um, COVID has caused some serious delays when it comes to anything construction wise. And then Florida's economy is just booming. So many people moved down here. So the, the, the construction industry on the res- residential side was, was white hot. And, um, you know, construction on the commercial side was was pretty strong too. But uh we're finally getting through it. Um mill workers were there today bringing in there's a lot of mill workers, the guys that do the cabinets and all the fixtures like that and the bar and things like that. So uh they've taken forever. But it's uh it's coming along and uh hopefully I don't know, maybe next couple months we'll we'll be open. That's that's my goal. But I tell you what, I never ever talk about. People say, "When's the grand opening?" So I'll tell you when the grand opening is when we actually get it open, because there's a lot of things that where monkey wrenches can get thrown in, especially when it comes to like your final inspections. And there's, there's, there's. Trust me, there's little things that can pop up.
1: Well, and. Let's let's talk about a few of these things because I, I think it's important for consumers to realize. I've I've worked with several different retailers who have gone to either open up their first or you know multiple location. And the amount of red tape that one goes through in order to open up a you know just either retail or retail and lounge. So Jeff, talk a little bit about what that process
2: looks like so this store we had more red tape than ever because um sarasota is one of those communities where it's small wealthy and a lot of what i call curtain twitchers people that are always looking out the window and (laughs) and so uh so in 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 order to get the zoning variance for what we do um it, it went under what was called a nightclub and some people just when they hear that word it a lot of people. I don't want a nightclub. People, you know, banging music and drunks running around. Um, but the reason we fall in our nightclub is because uh, we don't have a restaurant. So there's only two categories: either restaurant or nightclub. So anyway, and then the, and then the fact where you had to go through those things during COVID, COVID made it easy for an individual to um, stick a, a stick in the spokes of progress because normally um, someone would have to go to city council meeting means they have to leave their house and go sit in the chambers and wait as the agenda slowly grinds throughout the day and then speak or oppose or whatever. Well, when they started doing it on Zoom, anybody could just easily just click, I'm in the meeting here and I want to oppose it because I don't like smoking. And that's that's what happened to us. Um, so we were able to get through it, but it, it, that really gummed up the process because um, once somebody complains, you've got to, there's another process that the city has to go through, and then you have to do their due diligence and everything else, so anyway, we went through it all, but it delayed it by one whole year, um, we've never had that happen before, um, but again, it's one of those old ladies that doesn't like, you know, she's like, I don't like smoking anywhere in the city, I don't think you should be able to smoke a cigar on the street, you know, that's one of those types, and so, um, yeah, you got to battle that, but we get through it, now, all I can tell you is that it could be worse. I mean, I just read something about uh, the state of West Virginia that they're having to, you know, pass something through their state legislator just to be able to have a cigar bar, even where it's legal. And so there's a lot of states. I know uh, North Dakota just went through something like that, too. So fortunate we live in a in a state where you can have a cigar bar because there's, there's plenty of states where you can't. And um, so, That's us. so, yeah, so I, I consider us. Fortunate, you know, listen, these little, I don't want to call them little, but these obstacles, they are what they are. At least we have the ability to do it. I I really feel, I don't want to use the word sorry for but I think it's a shame. I think it's a, a, really, it's a travesty of justice that folks that want to have a cigar bar in a state and you're not allowed to do it, to me, it's just crazy. I just don't understand how a government can have that much overreach to say, hey, guys can't go gather in a place that has cigars and booze together i mean it's like this is nuts but but as you can see that there's a lot of states that happened and the reason why is because those you know american cancer society and lung association and tobacco-free kids are very well funded they get tons of money off off of the tax of cigarettes and they uh, get tons of money from kids running relays for life and all this other stuff they don't realize that those monies are they think they're going to research they're not they're going to things like keeping you from being able to have a cigar bar in your state. So anyway, um, that's, that's the challenges that a lot of states have.
0: Yeah, they, a lot of that money goes to, like you said, uh, they're, they're lobbyists, you know, cause lawyers are expensive and lobbyists are lawyers. And I remember hearing a story from Glenn loop, uh, years ago that, that he's, he's seen multiple times throughout his career and through throughout his life as a cigar smoker. Especially in DC, where some some morning there will be a vote on something that directly affects the rights of cigar smokers, and there will be a handful of uh, our our own politicians who will vote uh, no on something, or they'll vote in some way that is that is uh, detrimental to the rights of premium cigar smokers. And then later that exact same night,
2: you'll see them. At the cigar shop. Yeah. That's not unusual. And it's, Friday, it's, Friday. It, 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 well, I'll tell you why it happens, though, is because they take the easy route out. <clears throat> and, and the one thing about um, anything when it comes to politics, whether it's local, state, or federal, showing up is, is nine-tenths of the battle there. If the politicians see any opposition, they back off a little bit. That, but if it's unopposed, they'll vote. No problem, no problem, no problem. But once it actually gets into dialogue and things, people start talking back and forth about, hey, you know, cigar bars are not what, the same as whatever you're going after, and you have no data that actually, no, no trustworthy data on the health effects of cigars trying to say they're the same as cigarettes, because they're not. And the FDA even tried to prove that. And, and unfortunately, well, actually fortunate for us, the studies they did Verified what we've always said and what Monograph Number Nine always said is that if you smoke two cigars or less a day and don't inhale, there's zero change in your overall mortality. None. There's no difference. And so, you know, the more studies they do, the more it actually solidifies that and validates what we've always said. So, um, but unless you're going to educate the politicians about this stuff, they don't know. And so you got to fight back. And and let me give you something that's interesting too. Like in Orlando right now, I got a deal with the city where they want all the bars just not bars and nightclubs, period to close at midnight we've we normally are able to be open until 2 a.m but if you want to stay open that extra two hours you're going to have to pay um 180 an hour for two off uh, two off-duty officers to work and it's a five-hour shift so basically you're looking at about 850 dollars every night just to be open those two extra hours and those two officers are not in your store they're somewhere on the street. This is crazy. But yet this is the, you know, the politicians answer to to, you know, crime that's happening in cities right now. And um, unfortunately, this isn't going to change one. It's not going to fix one thing for us because they're not even in the bars or, or that are that are hiring to do this. So, you know, people are still going to be on the street that are doing this thing. So anyway. Uh, My point is, is that if you don't get involved in politics, I hate, listen, I I hate politics. I've never enjoyed it before. But once, you know, when your ox is next to get gored, you better get involved. And the time to get involved is before your ox is inside that slaughterhouse. You got to take care of it way before that.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, I definitely want to shift and check in on something happy right now, and that is Tell us how things are down at the farm, at the, uh, the Florida Sun Grown
2: Tobacco Farm. Yeah, we had a great uh, winter crop and um, that was it was interesting this year, too. We, we we've been struggling. Um, all farmers are struggling. There's a labor shortage um, and whenever it comes to 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 uh, labor. Farming is going to be on your bottom of the bottom of the of the list. Guys will go do construction and things like that because they can make more money. So uh, it's been real difficult um, with labor on the farm, but we were able to get through it. And we had a great harvest, a great crop uh, this winter. Um, we did have a freeze right after Christmas. This was one of the coldest Christmases that Orlando had in many, many years. Um, so there was a hard freeze and um, it, it killed off our very last primings. But listen, you know, if we lose that if we have eight primings and we lost the eighth one, we did good. It means we got the other seven. So we had a great crop um, today. Literally, we were we were making the, the rows for the spring crop, which we'll start planting next uh, week. So it's you know it's um, it's that never-ending cycle for us. We, we like to we we like to have the activity on the farm year-round. So literally, we're prepping rows and packing tobacco at the same time. So um, things are going good. As far as, uh, as far as the farm goes. We are running short on tobacco, though. That's been, a little, that's been an issue for the, last, uh, for the last year. So there's been a lot of pressure on us. Um, most everybody that, that uh, uses our tobacco is out of it. So, and, and, and there's a lot of traction on the cigars um, that use it. So, so there's, there, there's pressure for us to make sure we get the container full of, of, of leaf and get it to Nicaragua uh so we can keep this it's it there's a lot of projections that go on when you're doing cigars and so especially when you have um a lot of different brands you know it's it's um, you you know you just can't turn a spigot and, and all of a sudden have way more tobacco you, you know it's it's a uh, it's a small farm we grow five thousand pounds a year and that's it but um we're running out right now so the factories are running out so we got to get the we got to have a good harvest this spring hopefully and um we'll keep these guys going but at the same time always look at everything on the positive note hey it could be this is a great problem to have right cigars are doing great 20 acre farm is on fire um army of angels is selling crazy our corona 25ths and corona 20th anniversaries uh from agonorsa are selling and so um you know these guys are churning a lot of stuff plus we had we had several projects in the works over the years you know, Steve Saka's got a cigar that'll be coming out probably later this year. We've got a Monte Cristo coming out sometime this year. Um, so we've, we've got quite a few different, you know, irons in the fire on this, but these are stuff that were in the pipeline from these guys got the tobacco three years ago. So, um, you know, there's a, there's a, when we ship tobacco out, it's cured from the farm, but then it has to go through the fermentation and aging process. So literally by the time the tobacco actually comes back into uh, America, it's, it's usually four years or more. So uh, yeah, there's a lot of projects getting ready to hit the street too. And and uh, like I said, we're running low on tobacco, but that's all right. We'll, we'll uh, it gives me a, a reason to uh, keep you know running that marathon.
1: Yeah. Now, Jeff, do you have a mad scientist that uh, you're working with to always you know um, you know continue to develop either new varietals or um, you know,
2: play with the tobacco itself? No. The reason why is that it, it's for, for when you have a real small farm like we do, you don't have the luxury of, of, of setting aside X amount of, of acres for experimentals. Um, and, and it's real risky too. Remember, it's real expensive to grow tobacco in the U.S. So I've always gone with the tried and true. And what I mean by that, is that when i started the project in 2013 you know even though cigar tobacco had been grown in florida for 50 years i knew it we knew it could because it had been grown for 150 years prior to that and there were two varietals that were mostly grown a sumatra was grown for the shade and it was uh, cuban seed tobacco for the sun grown and that cuban seed tobacco was actually primarily grown from about 1890 to 1910 for that 20-year period uh, leading up to the, uh, Spanish American war, or actually the Cuban revolution against Spain, uh, leading up to, and then after that, because during a, a time of war, those Cuban farmers, um, they were supplying a lot of tobacco to the factories in America. So they actually created a, uh, 300 acre, uh, plantation in, in a, in a place called Fort Meade, Florida, which is only about an hour away from where our farm is. And so, um, I stuck with the Cuban seed tobacco because that's what we want to do. We don't want to grow shade. Shade's way too expensive. Plus it's not, uh, it can be knocked off real easy with the Ecuador shade. So um, by growing Cuban Cuban seed tobacco, whether it's Corojo or Criollo, um, for us, we, we grow the Corojo 99. And then a few years ago, we made the switch to the Corojo 2012 variety because that's where Cuba made the switch as well. And I kind of do whatever Cuba does. Um, because our farm is, is the closest farm to Cuba, that's outside of Cuba. Um, and our, our climate is almost identical. Our, our altitude is identical. It's 105 feet above sea level, which is the same thing as Pinar de Rio. Our, uh, our soils are similar, but different. Um, ours is more of a sandy soil. They have a little more reddish to theirs, but um, whatever works there works for us so i don't play around too much i don't really experiment other than whatever the guys in cuba are doing is what we're going to do and so that's why we've always stuck with the cuban seed Pro tobacco
0: now kind of similar to what we were talking about earlier with bourbons you know sometimes at a distillery you know they'll the guys will go through they'll find a couple barrels that are just just right and, and they decide okay we're going to take these Two barrels, ten barrels, hundred, whatever it may be, and say oh, we're going to set these aside for extra aging, just because we think these are going to be special in, I don't know, ten years or twelve years. Now, with your tobacco, when when uh, when it gets uh, processed and you know sent down to Nicaragua or, or other places, has there ever been a time that you've you know? that's maybe somebody gets their hands on some of this tobacco when they say you know i'm curious to see what a bale of this is gonna age like if i give it a, a couple extra years or or anything like that because sometimes we'll hear somebody who say oh i got this tobacco that's actually it was put in the bale like eight years ago or something you know like that have you ever has there been any florida sun grown that's that's maybe spent a little more time uh set aside before it was rolled
2: no. And the reason being is that we're running we're, the factors are out of the tobacco. You know what I'm saying? There, there, there's more, <laughs> there's more demand for what the tobacco than what we can keep up with right now. So yeah. everything and, and don't forget, like I said, when we send it to them, it's, it's three years before it's in a cigar. So it's hard to forecast. So you, know, you can have cigars that just, just, you know, start outselling what we've, what we've allocated to each factory. You know, the, the, the two factories that get the bulk of the tobacco, number one is is, Jace, is uh, uh, Drew Estate for the 20 Acre Farm and the FSG. And then the wrappers, uh, JC Newman gets to use on the Americans. And then during that process of, uh, of aging and sorting and, and uh, fermenting the wrappers, anything that gets any kind of damage or anything that doesn't grade out as a wrapper after it goes through fermentation We'll go into filler for our 25th anniversary so every leaf is used every leaf is used and then we always peel off a couple hundred pounds that go to agonorsa and you know 100 pounds to this factory 100 pounds to that factory so that's kind of how we do it and and they they use it you know what i'm saying so when so um yeah there hasn't been even i haven't listen i would love to do what you're saying <laughs> we take tobacco and we barrel age stuff on the farm um that's just, just for our farm rolls and I would love to have, you know, some barrel aged tobacco that we've had for five, six, seven years. But listen, you go to Colonel Cigar right now, there's no farm rolls. We're out of them. So we're, yeah. we're, we're, it's the same problem. We're, we're, we're selling more than we can make. And, um, so we're just, uh, so yeah, that's, and like I said, it's, oh, it's yeah. a good problem to have. It, it, yeah. it, it drives me and the guys to make sure we get everything done. Um, but yeah, that's that's the that's the current thing, and and at the same time, it's not one of those things where you want to actually start growing more because it's just it's it's a lot more work, um, and it's not we don't we really don't make money on the on our tobacco per se. There, there's a it, it doesn't right. lose money, but it's not it's not a real money maker. So it's just more work if we if we were to increase production, let's say ten thousand pounds. That means twice as much work, twice as much of uh, you know, and and it be. Matter of fact, we couldn't even do it because even if money isn't a factor, we couldn't do it because the labor's not there to do it. We, we, when, we, when we ask for, you know, uh, 15 guys to come to, to be on the, on the farm for uh, when it comes time to harvest and hang and sow and everything, um, we're last two years, it's been difficult to even get that. Um, so if you have if you're doubling, that means, you need to have 30 guys there. Well, if you're having a hard time getting 15, you're not going to get 30. So that's why I'm saying it's, it's um, there's limiting factors, but I'm okay with that. That's fine. It, that's that's you know, um, it was always meant to be like a micro uh, distillery, if almost, if you want to compare it to something.
1: Yeah, <laughs> we talked to Jeremiah Maripel, and the numbers of yield um, was was shocking to me, where um let's say for the the don carlos wrapper um he was looking you know telling us numbers of five percent
0: oh yeah wrapper yield is like super low
2: yeah especially coming out of cameroon because you got to understand how they handle it there and what Cameroon's like cameroon is is a totally different that's a village type of tobacco operation little little independent farmers and uh they don't understand what the final product is, which is not uncommon. Um, when you're growing cigar tobacco and there's not actually a cigar culture, um, where that community is, I, I used to see this in Connecticut, by the way. I'd go to Connecticut and, you know, the, the, the broadleaf farmers, he would he would hand me a, a, oh man, he'd hand me a machine-made cigar, um, like a backwoods or something like that. And, and it's like, yo, you, you know, that's, <laughs> that's the tobacco that, yeah, a lot of leaf goes to, but the, the tippy tippy top of this stuff, the good stuff, that's perfect. You know, you know, let me hand you a, a, a you know, a Liga Privada or, you know, any of the other cigars out there that are using, you know, Broadleaf and these guys, they don't, you know, if they don't smoke cigars or into it, they don't know. So trust me, in Cameroon, there's they're not going down to a cigar shop and seeing the final product of what their what their wrapper goes right. on. And and if they did, the percentage would go up. But remember, this is this is hmm. this is a different culture. So um, they're worried about you know what they're gonna eat tomorrow. Not necessarily, you know what I mean, what uh you know, they're not smoking those cigars. So but where I'm getting at is that in our farm when I get guys in that know nothing about cigars and, and we're here to you know harvest tobacco, I show them cigars so they understand what the final product is. So they understand that when you, you, you talk about a wrapper on a cigar house, a wrapper has to be perfect <clears throat> with no holes in it, you know, no no spots. Because if you don't teach them that, they won't know why. It's like, you know, they poke a hole in their finger and they think, oh, you know, no big deal. Well, when you explain to them, hey, yeah. because you just poked a hole in it with your finger, that will never be a wrapper. That's going to be filler now. So we need you to not poke a hole in it and you understand. And, and they'll take more pride in their work if they know what's going on, especially when they see it's a, it's a you know super premium, expensive product. They, they, they're like, whoa, that's cool, you know. And then, you know, you give them cigars too so they can enjoy uh, what it is that they're actually Growing, Mm -hmm. so so that's a that's a key component, believe it or not, because otherwise they're going to handle it and think about it. You know they don't know whether it's, you know, chewing tobacco or a cigarette. They don't know. You got to educate them. (laughs) And also, by the way, on Cameroon, there's another reason too. Cameroon is one of the most delicate leaves. Period. It is so thin. Yeah. Listen, even as a cigar retailer or a cigar consumer. You know, Cameron wrappers are tough uh, because they break so easy. And, and you you go outside, like where you guys are, when it's cold out. You go outside and light up a Cameroon cigar. Oh, it's going to split. It's going to break because it can't, it can't handle the difference in the moisture that it has in the cold outside dry air. So, Cameroon as, as a, just a leaf, even with handling with with kid gloves, it still breaks. You can look at it wrong and it wants to break. So, so yeah, that's that's another reason why the yield is so bad on that but but with our tobacco um we actually have a really good yield of wrappers but there's a reason for that we don't harvest anything off the plants if it's not wrapper quality meaning that when we look at if if there's a if there's a leaf on on the stalk that's got holes on both sides from a bug or wind or whatever i tell the guys not to harvest it it's not worth the time Remember, time is money, and it's super expensive for labor in in, in America right now, super expensive. So these, the, you, you don't want to spend the money for them to have to pick it, put it in a bin, haul it into the barn, have them lay it out, and hang it, you know, sew it, and then hang it, and then have to bring it down and pack it. There's a lot of hours of time there, right? So you want to make sure that the, the time that we're spending on that, we're, we're we're picking the best leaves, and and so people are shocked. A lot of times, I come on the farm, and be like, "Dang, look at all the leaves on the ground." That's because we, if if they don't look really good, like they're gonna be a wrapper quality, we literally pick them and throw them on the ground. And the reason we take them off the plant is so that the other leaves get bigger. Right. So if you got so so if we were in another country, all that stuff that we throw on the ground, they would harvest because their labor is five bucks a day. You know, for us, it's that would get me. $5 will get me 10 minutes of work. So it's, you know what I mean? So, so that's why they can afford to sow and, and, and bring, because they can make filler out of that. You can make short filler too. They have a use for it. But for us, it just doesn't work uh, for us to harvest those.
0: Okay, yeah. Um, one of the things that I've been uh, loving, you know, occasionally uh, from you guys is uh, the cattle. The, the twenty-acre farm cattle, and I don't know if that's a ranching <laughs> thing or 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 how that if that was a one-time. I I I know we have talked about it before, but I don't recall if that was a one-time thing. But but I Hello. loved it because I loves I love the ranching. Honestly, anywhere in the country, if there's if there's small ranchers that are that are raising uh you know a, a small group of healthy cattle every year or or even every few years um i I, you know it's similar for me it's similar to seeing small craft brewers or small batch distillers and that kind of thing too you know because because it's smaller operation than massive factory farming you're able to put more care and attention into it so tell us a little bit about the cattle
2: yeah so that's that's our fsg beef program so uh that came out of um I started out in 2014. I bought a herd of 50 cows and three bulls. Um, now we, we average between three and 400 head of, of cows and probably about 20 bulls. But the um, what happened is when I first started growing cigar tobacco, I, I was using the formula that they did 100 years ago, which was plant your crop in the spring and get it in the barn before July and you were done for the year. Well, the problem is, is that you you lose all your labor after that. So then you have to it's like having a baseball team and firing everybody and then having to rebuild it every year with guys that don't even know how to baseball, how to play, you know what I'm saying, i have teaching the game. So so it was I had to figure out something to keep this a year-round operation. So that's when I started the beef cattle. But about 5 years after that we had an accident in the farm and we, we, they sprayed herbicide and killed all the spring crop. And we had to start over and we, and, and so let's do a fall crop and the fall crop worked out great. So after that's so when we changed our entire operation and started doing two crops a year, spring and a fall crop, but making them smaller. And, and that made it less risky and a lot easier to manage. So, um, so we, the, but the cattle kept, we keep going with that. And then, so with the cattle... Normally, it's a, called a cow calf operation. We have all uh, black Angus, red Angus bulls. Some Brangus cow, cows. And Florida is one of the leading producers of what's called cow calf, which is this is where beef cattle starts. You got to have the calves that later get sold and, and get shipped out west to where the where they go to the stockyards, get fattened up, and, and then butchered, it and you find them in your grocery store. So what happened is that during COVID. Um, I, there was there was a meat shortage, you know, and and I started seeing these prices going really high for beef, and yet at the market where where the cattlemen were selling your, we sell them at an auction. Once you do a roundup once a year, round up your calves and you sell them. The price was like nothing. I mean, the price was terrible, and and yet the beef price was through the freaking roof and so i'm like you know man this this this, this isn't very good so uh so i uh, said so let's let's go to this local you know farm to table concept and i started working with a local mom and pop uh uh beef processor and um we started selling you know sides of beef and uh so each year we sell about 20 24 sides of beef um and that's the only way we sell it we sell it either buy half a cow or a whole cow one of the two and, uh, and my family, we, we go through a side of uh, beef every, every year, and I, and I cook a lot of, uh, start doing a lot of these FSG burger and bourbon events and things like that, pairing the cigars with that. And then working with Evan Darnell at Red Meat Lovers Club, he'd always buy a cow and we'll do a, a Red Meat Lovers dinner, which is pretty interesting, too, because... It really allows a chef to show off his skills. And when you do a, when you do a half a cow or half, they're all steers actually. The ones, we just say cow because people understand it better. But the um, when you do a half a steer, you get you get half of what are called primal cuts, and the other half will be ground beef. So you need to know how to use everything, right? So um, it's really cool when you see a chef that you know not only knows how to do brisket and, and tomahawks and T-bones, but also how they make some cowboy stew uh meatballs sliders you know there's a lot of things and, and uh man he's got some he's got a really good guy he works with so <laughs> so um yeah the beef's been fun too and also i like it as, as you know I, I i find it as it's a little bit of a security blanket too um if you know i always tell my staff hey man if uh the shit hits the fan and we got no food i'll feed you with beef so yeah <laughs> <so>, uh, <laughs> That's the that's one thing I like. Um, so, we kind
0: of going back to the whole cigar bar discussion, you know, we raised our hands when you we were talking about states that don't, don't it's not legal to sell uh, tobacco products and alcohol under the same roof. Um, and we've had, uh, you know, one of our, well, we've had guys from TCA on the show multiple times. We've had uh, Jim Nash, Minnesota state lawmaker, on the show a few times as well. And and Jim, Jim was a, you know, a key player in in Minnesota, getting our tax cap lowered uh, five or six years ago. And, uh, you know, along with uh, groups like the CRA and PCA, and I, I, we talked to Jim about this and it's funny because Jim's a really optimistic guy, but about this particular issue about uh, pushing through something where it would become legal to uh, have a cigar bar, in in minnesota uh jim oddly enough said it will never ever happen which is interesting because again he's a really positive uh positive outlook kind of guy um is is there any advice uh that you can give i mean i know it's been legal in florida for you know pretty much forever but for from a state that that doesn't currently have it legal any advice you can give for shop owners and and local to get together and uh take the right path to possibly make this happen
2: so unless it's a a republican controlled house and senate um it's not going to go through just because of the 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 health groups have so much money and they tend to spend more uh, money on the democrats um there's only one and even then it would be very difficult um You know, a lot of states, it's like a one-party system, right? Because it's all Democrats, and it's it's never going to change. Republicans really don't have a voice. The only way it could ever happen, though, is if you had, like, a real high-ranking Democrat, Senate president, Speaker of the House type of thing, and if that guy wants to have his own cigar bar. That's about the only way it's going to happen. Because because then, you know, when you're in leadership like that, you, you can make things happen. But that's really the only way it would ever do that. And... If you are the Speaker of the House, the President of the Senate, you're probably not going to be owning a cigar bar. You're probably going to be working for Pfizer or something like that when you get <laughs> when you get out of uh, out of your position sure, and, sure. and yeah, making right. a lot more money. Yeah. So yeah. so that's kind of the the only way. I'm listen, looking California. That's why I'm saying the only reason you know the, you know Schwarzenegger had his tent outside, smoked cigars, and that's because he was the governor. Um, but. Uh, you know, it didn't really help as far as you know. You didn't really roll back anything because it's it's too hard unless you unless you can flip the state. But it's not you know some states are not going to flip ever. So um, and then what you have to do is you got to do the workarounds, which is what they do. Like in Chicago, you know, you got the private club, and you got to pay the deuce and bring your own booze, um, which is challenging because in order to make the numbers work for the guy that's paying the rent. You got to make sure you're selling the memberships, right? And then a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to spend that money on a membership. Well, then you can't. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of somebody's got to pay, and so, um, so yeah, it's it's it's. Out of your state, I don't know. Yeah, I think you're gonna be smoking outside, guys.
0: <laughs> well, and we we do we fortunately do have the workaround in Minnesota. There are a number of. Uh, private cigar clubs—at uh, least in the the Minneapolis-St. Paul the metro area. Yeah, uh, I'd say as far as private clubs, there's four, maybe five. Uh, I think there's one down, uh, down Inchester. in Rochester. Uh, you know, by near where the you know the Mayo Clinic is. And I'm in Duluth. Yeah, there. I, I'm surprised there's none in Duluth. I am too, uh, because Duluth is you know, as far as Minnesota goes, it's a decent-sized city. Yep. But, and there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of commerce and, and that kind of thing. That it happens. is it is um, painfully blue. Pinkly it's blue. very it's exceptionally blue up in Duluth. Yeah. And honestly, here in the Twin Cities metro area, it is. It just, is not as much as Duluth. Duluth Correct. is it's just solid. I mean, blue. It, you, you can't. I don't think it's it's hard to find somebody who would freely admit that they're a Republican right in Duluth. Yep. Um, but. Uh, here we do have the private clubs here, so it helps. And some of the, uh, some of the cigar shops have, uh, they have this unique thing in Minnesota called a consumption license where you can have, people can consume alcohol on the property, uh, under very limited and specified circumstances. Yep. Um, but yeah, otherwise just for somebody to go in, like, uh, you know to Corona cigar company and uh, go in the humidor pick out their cigars and then go sit at the bar and order a cocktail and light up and enjoy that
1: unfortunately and i want know. to be clear about something too we are not um we're not saying that cigar smokers are are more conservative or republicans versus democrats at all that is that is not the case and in fact if you um, consider yourself on team blue I encourage you to reach out to your representatives. Yeah, uh, even more so. Absolutely. And tell them about your stance on on cigars. Yeah,
0: cigars are cigar cigars should be nonpartisan. Yeah. And we know Absolutely plenty of Democrat should. cigar smokers. We know plenty of ultra liberal cigar smokers. And I think that's that. I think that's great. We just have to get on the same page when it comes to personal freedom. Yep.
2: Well, there's always been a lot of Democrats who smoke cigars it's just that they can't like i said the democrat party you have you 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 can't go against tobacco free kids it's not going to happen so i don't care that's why you know glenn would say we we would be in washington dc and we'd see you know we'd see the same democrats that vote against our our cigar exemption They're, they're smoking cigars left and right however let me tell you when when they are beneficial beneficial for example when you guys talked about the tax cap that's where you need your allies your Democrat allies because there's a lot of horse trading that goes on within the party and it, you're not going to roll back like I said the smoking stuff but they can make a good argument of why a premium cigar should have a 50 cent tax cap versus no tax cap because you know so so that's why it's great to have you have to have. Allies in both parties. Period. Yeah. But 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 That's like it. I said, when you're talking about actually changing something, like hey, let me uh, be able to open a cigar bar, you've got to be yep. realistic on that. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I'm thinking. I mean, is it time? Oh, I think. It's, I, I think it is. Time. I think it's time. All right, guys. It is now time for this week's Numero de los, de los Muertos. muertos. And as always, Numero de los Muertos, brought to, our, brought to us by our friends at Smoke In. i Steve here from Smoke Cigars. It is that time of year again, the Great Smoke 2023 Mardi Gras Madness. Whether you're coming down live or we're gonna be enjoying the event from the comfort of your own home, Your ticket price includes this epic package. It's one of our greatest Great Smoke packages in the history of this event. Over $400 worth of product and great swag for the low cost of $165. Do not hesitate. Tickets are selling this year faster than ever. Go to www.thegreatsmoke.com and get your live general admission ticket, your virtual ticket if you're going to enjoy it from home, and tickets for either the dinner or the brunch.
1: Epic time. We can't wait to see you all there. The Great Smoke 2023. Mardi Gras Madness.
0: All right. Numero de los Muertos, episode 193. Garrett, what do you have for us this week? All right. So,
1: about 500 years ago, 100 people died in this. Whoa
0: you're taking us outside of the box. Yep. 500 years ago.
1: Yep. How many people died from this? 100. An estimated 100 people died from this. You're that. For now. It's <laughs> only his first guess so far. All right, <laughs> uh, not death by bulls.
0: 500 years ago, 100 people died. Is this uh, in North
1: America? It is not. Is it global? It is not. Not skirted.
0: Is it just the United States? Very mm-hmm. particular location. It, it is. Is it outside of North America? Yes. Okay. Well wow. what we should just go through okay, <laughs> is it South America? No. Central America. Europe, yes. Europe. I've learned after the, all these years how to narrow it down. 500 years ago, 100 people died from this in Europe. Swimming mm-hmm. the English Channel. That's actually not a bad guess. It's not. It's
1: not it. Um,
2: sword fights.
1: Oh, that's a great guess. Love it. No. That is a fantastic guess. Not sword fights. Lead poisoning. Another great guess. No. Drinking whiskey. No. Right. I already did one fire, not the flu. <laughs> <laughs> Tony,
0: <laughs> go away. Tony, that's what That's very well played. Thanks, Jeff, it for is. bringing the crickets to this one naturally. That's <laughs> very well played.
2: Um, a hundred people is not a lot of people, though. That's what I'm thinking.
0: Oh, beheadings, Jim says. That's a great I guess.
1: love it. It is not beheadings. Uh, oh, I wish that was the answer. <laughs> <laughs> great guess. It happened in a two-week period. <sighs>
0: um, ooh, childbirth. Would, nope. would these be considered workplace accidents? No. It's, it's,
1: it's weird, you guys. Snake bites. Nope, not <laughs> Not malaria. Is it, it, is it a, a illness? It is not an illness. To the um, best of our knowledge. To the best of our knowledge? It's so weird. Um, yeah. Are vehicles involved?
0: No. We, I mean, no, are we're not. Are weapons involved?
1: No weapons.
0: Are animals involved? No.
1: It's kind
0: it's, it's probably not playing Pokemon Go. That's a good, um, yeah. I, mean, no, I don't think they have that five years Nintendo, it just, it, it just, just... Yeah. Nintendo's been around almost. Walk yeah.
2: um, the point.
0: Oh, that's mm, a great one. That is a good
1: one. No, it is not.
0: It happened on land or water. Land. land. Um... Does it involve
2: ingesting something? It does not. It's not about eating or drinking. It's not like food poisoning. Is no it, is is it? Was it an animal attack or anything like that?
1: No
0: animals were involved. Uh, no weapons were involved. No animals. No vehicles. No food. No drink.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Crucifixion.
1: Oh, that's a really good one too. No, was it?
0: this is gonna sound really stupid but we've had stuff like this before was it related at all to clothing kind of because we had that one with the neckties where right. where people got choked to death when their necktie got caught in
1: like a so i will say like that clothing, clothing is a factor but not technically the, the cause okay not drought not fire not tarn feathering
2: they froze to death
1: no, sir. That's a really good guess
0: too. Um, a suit of armor. I
1: think,
0: think five hundred years ago was a little. Well, yeah,
1: there were still suits of armor. Years. So, this happened in the Holy Book, Roman city of Strasbourg where this affected 400 people, but only killed a 100. Correct. Holy Roman city of Strasbourg.
0: Oh, fever, Vanessa says fever. No, nope, not
1: fevered.
2: Um, suffocated.
1: Fever? Oh, suffocation. Um, uh, not really. No. Uh so suffocation can kind of be a factor and you'll understand why. Was it something to do with the air quality in the city? No. Was it a fire? No. No fires.
2: Was it heat exhaustion?
1: That is part of it, yes. Oh Jeff's on the right track. Because of an activity.
0: Was it the Olympics?
1: No, I like that though. So, what would cause heat exhaustion?
2: Doing the stations of the cross.
1: Ooh, I love it. No,
0: is have something to do with the garb that the that the religious
1: officials wore? No, not gladiators. I
2: was it? What, were they were they installing a new pope, and they were all standing around, and they overheated? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, I'm serious. Love it. No,
1: yeah,
0: no, you're. Yeah. No. Nope. Hmm. But you said it does have.
2: It's sort of related
0: to heat exhaustion, and sort of related to clothing. Yes.
2: And it happened in a. In a.
0: Was in it a Catholic city? Any, anything to do with farming?
1: No. Uh, not exercising, but it is an active. It's an active activity. Anything to do with sex? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> there you go, Quentin. No.
2: <laughs> no. There he is. He's back. Anything He's to back. do with the with the uh, church?
1: No, nothing to
2: do with the church. Hmm. Fire
1: dancing, no, but you're you're like almost there. Anything to do with witchcraft or religion no. at all? Mm-mm. Cooking? Nope. Nope, not sword swallowing. <laughs> We're not going to touch that.
0: Distilling. A steam br- bath.
1: No. Nope. Boats. No. Nope. Armor. Mm-mm.
0: I am so. You have so, to give us another hand here. This is this is becoming brutal. So not
1: not fire dancing. Water dancing? Just. Just dancing? Dancing.
0: Just, oh, like, are, you, are we talking like the dervishes? Well, no, that wouldn't have been the
1: Holy Roman city of Strasbourg. That would have been more Middle Eastern or, or Turkish. In July 14th, 1518, a woman named Frau Trophia from the city of Strasbourg in modern day France left her house and began to dance. And she kept dancing for hours and hours until she finally collapsed, twitching on the ground. The next day she got up and continued to dance again. And they tried to pray it out of her and bring her up to the mountain. And then all of a sudden, 30 more people in the town started to dance in her stead. And and then it became a hundred and these people just danced until they died. What? There was a hundred people that danced until they died.
2: Wow. Alright, so it was a French rave that we didn't know about <laughs> 500 years ago. Now, now my question was, how in the hell did you even get to... What, what led you to even read that strange fact?
1: So, I have had to go down unbelievable rabbit holes yeah. to... Have you know 194 different numero de los muertos, and um, I gotta get creative, and so I I have several sources now, and this is actually it's famously known as the dancing plague of 1518, uh, one of history's strangest epidemics. But they had a a physician at the time who documented uh, this whole thing, and. (laughs) <laughs> it says they were all doing Molly. Yeah.
2: it's that's probably more accurate. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep. So, okay.
0: That was that was one of the most <clears throat> bizarre difficult to guess numero de los of ever. Yep. And I uh, gotta get my voice back. I just you're not supposed to inhale bourbon. What? Uh, that's uh that's a no no.
1: In the bourbon world, you don't inhale. Same with cigars, you don't inhale. Yeah, seriously, so read read the story of uh, the plague of fifteen dancing plague of fifteen eighteen. Uh, it, it it is a crazy story, and I think it should be made in a movie
0: because it's so, hilarious. <laughs> so the uh, the the moral of the story is uh,
1: when you're dancing, uh, take breaks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but <laughs> so where clothing plays a part, think about what women wore at the time. It was all heavy, and they had uh, like six,
0: six layers of oh, corsets and six layers of undergarments. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it breaks. All right. <laughs> Stay out of that rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that was this week's Numero de los Muertos. All right. Let's jump into the lightning round. The lightning round brought to us by our friends at J.C. Newman Cigar Company. They are America's oldest family-owned premium cigar maker, creators of the popular Brickhouse, Perla Del Mar, Diamond Crown, and the American J.C. Newman Cigar Company operates out of their 112-year-old El Relo Cigar Factory in the the historic cigar city of Tampa, Florida. For more information on their cigars or their visitor experience, please visit jcnewman.com. All right. So Jeff you've been on the show a couple of times. We have some fresh lightning round questions for you.
2: All right, I'm ready. All
0: right. So if you could add anyone to Mount Rushmore,
2: who would it be and why? Well, <laughs> uh, for me it'd be Ronald Reagan. Oh yeah. Just because just because of my generation, he was the he was the man. We uh you know, honestly, I think Jimmy Carter was probably one of our most honest presidents, and and I respect him a lot. But his policies were terrible, and America was in a bad, bad spot back then. And Reagan came through. And uh, I just remember as a kid watching the, the you know the hostages in Iran and the freaking gas lines at my dad's gas station, and the interest was eighteen percent. It was bad. And then, uh, yeah and we were worried about going to war with russia and then uh reagan tear down that wall berlin wall people don't shit berlin wall a lot of a lot of people don't even realize germany was split man if you tried to go on the other side of that wall in berlin you got shot killed dead so uh yeah man he's uh he's uh i don't want to say hero but that guy was he was a great president and also he was, a, he was a rancher, too. He loved going out and, and uh, riding his horse and had his ranch out there in California. So, yeah, I like him.
0: Yeah, one of my favorites. Uh, all right, so uh, if you were suddenly overnight a billionaire, what would be the first unnecessary thing that you would spend some money
2: on? Hmm. Probably either a helicopter or a jet one of the two probably a helicopter just because it would man I, let me tell you florida's getting re- there's so many people that came down here the traffic here really sucks and i don't know if a helicopter would even fix that but man even the country roads are getting freaking traffic jams i'm not kidding you go down roads that, that normally used to have only you know one or two cars on it now there's 20. so uh yeah that's probably what i'd have big yeah well, jet ranger or something.
1: Yeah, you'd never have
2: to get a ride because another step foot in the helicopter. Yeah. Now yeah. so so I would there is something I'd like. I don't have to be a billiard to have it, but I wouldn't mind owning a tank. I think that would be kind of fun. Oh one yes. that one that I could one that actually, you know, was not demilled, one that you could shoot and play around with anytime you want and blow stuff up. I think that would be fun.
1: Absolutely <laughs> oh odd, yes. Oh my god. Uh, All right. Okay, Jeff. Mm. The zombies are coming. You get three draft picks to be on your zombie apocalypse survival team from the cigar industry. So who, three people, and why from the cigar industry would be on your survival
2: team? Steve Saka would be one. He's he's a little bit of a prepper. Um, He knows how to shoot, too. So uh Sokka would be a good one. Um I'd say Christian Eroa, because if shit gets real bad, I want to bug out to his place in Honduras and he's got a plane, so we could jump in and escape with him. He's a then, on this
0: on this
2: game. Yeah, he he's but that's like the Alamo, you know what I mean, where like things are gone, we're getting overrun. We need to jump in the plane with Christian. Um <clears throat> Who would be a good third one? Um, probably um, Norm Hooten from Hooten and Young. and Young. Some, yeah, because of his military special ops, and <clears throat> I think he can sew us up if we get shot. So uh, he'd probably be my third guy. Nice.
0: I love it. That's a great team. That is a great team. All right, let's jump into notable smokeables this week. And as always, Notable smokables brought to us by our friends at Luciano Cigars. Notable cigars, notable passion, notable purpose. Uh, so, Jeff, you've been through this before on the show. Each week, we name a cigar that we smoked recently that was notable to us. Now, this could be a cigar that's been on the market for decades that we smoked for the first time in a long time. Or it could be a cigar that's relatively new to the market that we smoked for the first time ever. So what was something you smoked recently, Jeff, that stood out to you?
2: well i i normally am always smoking the 20 acre farm in the fsg the other day I, I i picked up one of the uh um sin compromiso gran elefantes the, the exclusive that uh saca does for us that's a really that's an incredible cigar it's really really good um i just don't uh smoke them as regular as, as i just because i'm always smoking these but that that was one I was like, man, this is a really good cigar. So that was uh, my my latest notable one. I always knew it was good. But, you know, sometimes, you know, smoke it in a month or so, and then you pick it up. You're like, man, this thing just feels good. It's got a good weight to it. You know, like a watch, a super premium watch is heavy. You know what I mean? Yeah. That Grand Elefante, when it's in your hand, has weight like that. And yet it draws yeah. perfect and burns perfect. But it just, it's a... Uh, yeah, I'm impressed with that cigar. Yeah, and
0: it's funny that that you do sometimes you'll get a cigar that feels heavy in the hand and you're thinking to yourself, oh man, this is gonna be plugged. It's too it's overfilled. But then you cut it and you light it and it draws just right. So yeah. that's 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 the, the it's a sign of a really good factory
2: right there. Yeah, and good tobacco too. Yeah.
1: Uh, Garrett, what was your notebook this week? Well, um, at, at TPE I was, you know uh, blessed to get a Test blend from Greg Free um, from Fuerte y Libre Cigars and it blew my mind. I don't know if it has a name yet, but I just know that it was one of the most enjoyable cigars I had. And is at he gonna, gonna show. be putting mm-hmm. that on the market I, mean, I have no idea. Oh. Well hopefully he is. I know. It so is, it, yeah, it, it's good. Yeah, is. we hope so. Greg put that cigar up. It was incredible.
0: Um, my notable this week was uh, one that I smoked uh the day before we left to go to the tp trade show and it was uh the rocky patel uh grand reserve Mm. the robusto size and it was it i don't want to say it took me by surprise because i do like a lot of rotten products but this one really really just it, it it was that flavor you know sometimes you smoke a cigar that's got the flavor profile that you just you get lucky, and if you yeah. happen to be in the mood for that yeah. kind of flavor, absolutely. Profile. And that was one of those cigars where it was—it's a really rich, uh, dense flavor profile in yeah. that cigar, and it just hit me in just the right way when I smoked it, uh, and it was—it was, it, it was the, the, the perfect kind of end of the day cigar for me that day. So that was this week's notable Smokables brought to you by Luciano Cigars, improving lives. Through fine cigars, visit Lucianosigars.com to learn more. So let's talk to you guys about some coming attractions we have on the show in the next few weeks. That is brought to us by our friends at AJ Fernandez. And AJ now produces unparalleled premium cigars in Esteli, Nicaragua. The AJ Fernandez portfolio of cigars provides blend strength and flavor profiles to match the preferences of any premium cigar consumer. Whether it's New World, Dias de Gloria, San Lotano, Enclave, or Bayas Artes, you are sure to be satisfied with a premium cigar from A.J. Fernandez. So next week on the show, I believe that's March 6th, if uh, memory serves, uh, we're going to have Henderson Ventura from Adventura Cigars. Uh, and I want to let everybody know, be sure to go back and check Facebook and YouTube for us on How About That Cigar to check out all our uh, cigar coverage from the TPE trade show uh, last week, Justin and I just got back from there uh, covering the trade show. So make sure to check out all the interviews we have from there. And uh, for any of our viewers and listeners, we know we have a lot of uh, friends here in the Minnesota, uh, the, the Twin Cities metro area. If you guys are available tomorrow night, I will be doing uh, a whiskey and cigar pairing uh, tomorrow night. It's called spirits and smoke. And that's going to be at Sodis Cigars in Oak Park Heights, Minnesota, tomorrow night from five to eight. And we're gonna be pairing the Blackened Cigar from uh, Blackened M81 from Drew Estate with the Blackened Whiskey.
1: Yeah, yeah! Tomorrow
0: night at uh, Sody's So uh, from five to eight, that is happening at uh, Sody's in Oak Park Heights, Minnesota. Uh, so Jeff, if you would please give our viewers and listeners an idea where's the best place for them to keep up with everything going on with Corona Cigar Company and Florida Sun Grown Tobacco.
2: Well, I, I'd say Facebook is the best place just because it, there's, there's more interaction here. We're, of course, we're very active on Instagram and uh, Twitter. But the, really, if you want to see what's going on the most, um, Florida Sun Grown Tobacco uh, Group uh, on Facebook or my personal one, Jeff Worsowitz on Corona Cigar, I will warn you, it's quite political sometimes. But uh, that's the that's the arena that, that I'm in. Um, when you're When you're doing beef and you're doing whiskey and you're doing cigars, um, you're on the menu on a lot of things uh, as far as politics goes. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So, but uh, yeah, if you want to see what's going on, that's that's the best thing. Uh, and then also get sign up for if you want to for any deals though, sign up Chronosigar.com and go to the, go to our email list. You got to get on that because that's where you get the coupon codes that we do for all the you know National Cigar Day or Presidents Day or whatever. That's where you're going to see that kind of stuff. So, um, so those two. Would probably be your best things to do.
0: Yeah, and to, to, to tie into that, uh, if you guys go to howaboutthatsigar.com, right at the uh, uh, right at the top of the page, you're going to see uh, a place where you can click, and you'll uh, there's a discount code there for How About That Cigar. So you guys go, hey, find yeah, it, um, and it'll take you right to coronacigar.com, and you'll have a nice, uh, nice uh, HBTC discount for you guys as well. so uh so yeah that uh, that puts yeah. episode 193 in the books Jeff, as always, brother, every time we have you on the show, we learn something and we appreciate it so much because we know you have so much experience in this industry and we love it and we are very grateful to you brother so thank you for being on the on the show again.
2: well, thanks for having me and uh, again, I appreciate what you guys do. I know it's a lot of work that you uh, with all these episodes, but every voice that's out there talking about the cigar lifestyle, and uh, educating the public about uh, what we do, um, it's a huge benefit because uh, I, I remember 20 years ago, we, you know, we didn't have any of these channels where people could talk about cigars. And the only thing you had were the uh, anti-tobacco people telling us how bad we were, <laughs> you know? And it's like, uh, it's, it's just great that we have uh, people connecting and, and uh, that, that common bond that we have enjoying a cigar we got to get more people into doing that, too. More people that smoke cigars together, um, can, you know, they, they practice that lost art of conversation and um, camaraderie. And so uh, I, I, I love what you guys do.
0: Thank you, brother. Thanks, brother. We're all about building a community. Yeah. All right. Viewers and listeners, guys, thank you so much for being the best part of How About That Cigar Live. Thank you so much for watching us live on Facebook and YouTube and interacting with us throughout the, the, uh, the show. If you're listening after the fact on the audio podcast, thanks again so much for being a part of it. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Make sure to follow us on all social media at HBT Cigar. If you guys have questions for us, email us on the website, HowAboutThatCigar.com. And of course, until we see you guys next time, burn cigars, not bridges. See you guys. Thanks. Any comments, opinions, viewpoints, or statements presented or uttered by guests on the HBTC podcast, HBTC live video streams, and all other media from HBT Media LLC are solely those of the individual and do not necessarily represent the opinions or viewpoints of How About That Cigar or its parent company, HBT Media LLC, any of our advertising partners, or the premium cigar industry. The primary purpose of How About That Cigar is to entertain and to encourage activity and growth within the community of people who enjoy or want to learn about the enjoyment of premium cigars.